Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is Thursday, December 12th. We're going to get into some Leafs Week in Review, and then we're going to get into some World Junior Talks because tis the season. It is December 12th. Uh, camp has opened up. The first game against U Sports All-Stars has taken place, and we're going to take a look at uh, some of la- a little bit of last year's team, what I didn't like about the team, um, what happened, why did they get knocked out so early kind of thing, and what I like about this year's team so far, what I've, from what I've seen from the team and from the picks that they made for the camp roster. But let's get into some Leafs weekend review. Before that, actually, let's get into Peter DeBoer fired. Damn, John Montgomery fired. John Hines fired. Mike Babcock fired. And I'm missing who the fifth one was. But five coaches fired since... And Bill Peters. Five NHL coaches fired since the last time the Detroit Red Wings won a game. I repeat, the last time the Detroit Red Wings won a game, five coaches who no longer have a job had a job at that time. That's just incredible. That's got to be some sort of record. Some sort of unofficial record that the NHL holds. Anyways, let's get into some Leafs Week in Review. So far, it's only been two games. So St. Louis and Vancouver, the late game against Vancouver there. And why did the Leafs win both of these games? The answer is Frederick Anderson. There's no if, ands, or buts around it. Frederick Anderson is the reason they won those two games. Let's take a look into it. Just real quick. Neither game they started strong. They gave up a couple great chances against St. Louis. They got some decent ones in response, kind of. But they gave some great chances up against the St. Louis Blues, a very good team. And then they were able to rebound off of that and score some goals. And then we'll get into the details of the game in a second. But without those great saves, they don't win the game. And then after they had that lead, they held the lead because Frederick Anderson was making some fantastic saves. The highlight reel is it could go on for minutes and minutes and minutes for that game, just on Frederick Anderson. And then that Vancouver game, again, they didn't start that well. And then when they had the lead, in the third period, they gave up three breakaways. Three breakaways in the third period alone. That's so Toronto Maple Leafs if I've ever seen that team play. And he made fantastic saves on all of them. The glove save on Besser, the blocker save on Besser, and then I can't remember what the third one was, but it was another good one. They were not all just shots right to the chest kind of thing. So, obviously, my my number one player this week, before I even get into that segment, is is Frederick Frederick Anderson because he gave the Leafs four points this week. They outscored opponents 9-3, to and... Those three goals, I mean, it's not a six-goal margin in terms of how well the Leafs played. They played pretty well, but they did not play a six-goal margin over two games well, in my opinion. So, Frederick Anderson, what a Fred X. What a week, showing why he's an elite goaltender. Um, And then moving on to some other points, uh, seeing Keefe, Throwing our best, all of our best players on the ice together at the same time, 
notably Matthews and Tavares together and then putting Nylander or Marner there as well is so refreshing. I think Matthews' goal against the Canucks was the first goal he scored assisted from Tavares. On even strength, I believe. And just to see that, I mean, the fact that they're so good and they've just never coexisted on the ice together, isn't that a little brains doing? I mean, don't if you're down in a game, aren't you supposed to put, even if you're up, if, if you want a goal, aren't you supposed to put your best players out there together? I mean, to see it finally come to fruition and to see it working, it has worked fantastically. I mean, Tavares Matthews together, five on five, is, is amazing. Uh, so I, I can't wait to see more of that into the future there. Um, that was awesome. It was also a slump buster kind of week. Uh, Matthews, I think, had zero and five coming into the week. Marner was coming back from injury. Um, Matthews, three goals. Marner, four assists. Hyman had three goals. One of them was an empty netter, but two, two solid goals against uh, St. Louis, one of them being shorthanded there. He's been on a little bit of a streak there. Um, but, yeah, you know things are going pretty well with the Leafs when you see a lot less Fire Dubas tweets. Uh, this week, I mean, two in a row. It's funny how a couple wins in a row and people don't want to dismantle the entire franchise. Two games. I mean... Some of these people are so short-sighted and just plain old stupid. It's, it's incredible. But um, one player that I did want to point out that has been catching the eye of Twitter, myself, everyone, Sheldon Keith even, is Justin Hole. Um, and it's been his deployment. I mean, last year we saw him get scratched, what, 71 times I think it was? And then finally this year we knew we didn't have anyone in that uh, sixth, five, six spot as a right-handed shot. He was scratched the opening game of the year, but his first 10 games, he averaged 12.46. His last 10 games has been 17.30, and you can tell the coaches had, had coach, the Sheldon Keefe has progressively more and more confidence in Justin Hole. I mean, it's wild to see it, but he's 27 years old, and it feels like he's developing into one of the better defensemen on the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's just such a steady presence back there and provided a little bit of offense, two assists. I think he's got 10 points this year too, which is three or four more than Cody Ceci. So, yeah. As I said last week though, the Leafs did not play as bad as their record indicated. And I just want to say this week was a symptom of that. I mean, they went 2-0 and right now, and they went, what, 1-3 the last time I recorded? And people wanted to take down everything, but I don't think they played that, that bad. I mean, Philadelphia, they had just the, those four minutes of they just mailed it in kind of thing. One of those was an empty net goal. But, and then Colorado, just off of one bad bounce, they lost the game. It was a really tight game, too, there. So, and then probably leaving out another game in there as well. But those two games notably stick out to me. And it, it, they shouldn't have, their their record last week wasn't as bad. I mean, I feel like even though they lost, they, they still played pretty well. And they carried that over into this week. And then the bounces went their way. They got some fantastic goaltending. 
Oh, it was the two Buffalo games I was speaking about. So, yeah, the one and three week last week. And then 2-0 and this week. So, I mean, I, I really th- I, I like the way they played, but let's get into it, actually. St. Louis game. So, Austin Matthews was awesome. We saw better defense out of him. Couple hits, two goals. Dude's an absolute rock star. Travis Dermott getting the first fighting major of the year. I really like, so Travis Dermott skates incredibly well. Not just speed-wise, but his edge work and everything. His edge work, his ability to transition from backwards to forwards is terrific. I mean, just watch the kid's feet when he he's playing. It's, 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 it's incredible. It's textbook. He's got such fluid hips. But the, the tenacity that he's added in his game, he's always kind of had it, but the tenacity that he showed in this game and in previous games has been fantastic, and it's just what the Leafs really, really need. And, I mean, I think the whole team kind of showed some more tenacity. I mean, St. Louis is known as a team, a heavy-hitting team, and I think the Leafs really nicely stepped up in this game to to play to that and then also just smash them. I mean, St. Louis didn't get opportune goaltending, I want to say, and then their special teams just murdered them in this game. I mean, the short it was 2-1 and then the short-handed goal from Hyman and from Pierre Engvall who's been he's been good. He probably will get sent down for cap reasons, but I think we'll see him back and may even see him back in the playoffs because he's been good killing penalties and he's been good 5 on 5. I mean, he he's got a lot to like in his game. He's got a hard shot, long reach. He's, um, he's a pretty fluid skater. I mean, maybe not the quickest first step, but when he gets going, when he gets that first step after that, it's he, he, he motors out there. So, not to go on a tangent, but yeah, special teams and inopportune goaltending completely murdered the Blues in this game. And then Frederick Anderson as well. And I mean, is that really even a comment? But then getting into the Vancouver game, John Tavares in this game was... Oh my, he was a rock star in this one. I think he was three points, two goals, one assist. Nice assist to Matthews there. And then couple, uh, one tip and then one shot. Nice uh, low blocker, I think it was, on, on Jacob Markstrom. Off a nice pass from Hole. Verbal eye emoji there. Um, playing Vancouver, uh, they got a lot of good chances in this game. Um a lot of good young players to like on this team. Uh, they didn't. They didn't show anything that really surprised me. There wasn't any players on that team that really, you know, took my attention. That I was like, "Whoa, who's that guy?" I mean, as I said, it was Quinn Hughes, uh, Justin, jo- Josh Levo scoring a goal too. I mean, just a. I bet he would have loved Babcock to be there to see that one. That would have been really nice. But. Um, yeah, Quinn Hughes was a complete rock star out there. That guy can skate so well. He passes the puck. He just stretches the ice so well. I mean, you have to be playing defense from when it's behind their net because he, he'll, he'll burn you. He'll burn you with his speed or he'll burn you with that stretch pass. So Quinn Hughes was awesome. Elijah Pedersen is obviously awesome. Brock Bester was so, showing off that shot. He's a pretty damn good player as well, I want to say. And then Bo Horvat. Uh, and then JT Miller as well. But the Leafs were able to shut that line down. Leafs, Frederick Anderson, however you want to put it, were able to shut him da- them down. 
and look at the end result. A nice 4-1 game. Um, one other thing I want to point out, Sheldon Keefe is get, is, has been really good with his timeouts. If we give up one, we're still up, but we give up. We gave up one. It was a 2-1 game. He didn't call that timeout right away. And, I mean, we've seen him before do that right after they score, but he knew that there was going to be a TV timeout pretty much, I think, one play after that. So he just left it, and then he took the TV timeout to instead of burning that timeout in case he needed it for later. So very good clock management by Sheldon Keith there, I noticed. Um, that pretty much wraps up everything. I mean, as I said, this week was the week of slump busters, so obviously you got to hand it to Matthews, Marner, and then obviously, but Frederick Anderson was miles and miles above everyone on this team, I got to say. So hopefully we can carry that momentum, uh, carry this uh, momentum that they have from this little two-game win streak they got here. Uh, next up for the Leafs is the Flames in Calgary. The Flames have actually been... And I'm going to pull it up just so I have the exact uh, numbers here. But the Flames have been really good. That's six in a row. So, wow, the Flames are confirmed against racism. Ever since firing Bill Peters, six in a row, beating the Sabres, Senators, Sabres, Kings, Avalanche, Coyotes. I mean, Avalanche, Coyotes, that, that's nothing to sneeze at. And Sabres... Yeah, those are still I'd still consider those good wins, but it looks like this the 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 Flames are are back on track, and I gotta say I, there there is a lot to like about this roster. Um, notably, notably, uh, I, I can't even find this roster. I'm so stupid, but anyway. So yeah, obviously Matthew Kachuk is going to try to get under everyone's skin. Uh, going to be curious to see who responds and how the Leafs respond to that because you know what's going to happen. It's just someone's got to take exception to him. Um, another big thing I want to point out, Sean Monaghan around the net is stupid good. So it's going to re- we're really going to have to rely on the defensemen, notably Jake Muzzin, even Morgan Riley, Cody Cece does a terrible job of that, so I'm not even going to mention him, but clearing that front of the net and uh, getting sticks in lanes and just not allowing him to, you know, get go to work in his office there. Um, and then obviously Johnny Goudreau, just uberly skilled. Can't give that guy one second with the puck. Really got to be, really got to be on him and uh, wherever he goes. So, I think, I think, in my opinion, the Leafs win this one kind of in a shootout kind of game. Not an actual shootout, but like a, a high-scoring game. Because both teams have some good offensive weapons to them, both on the back end and on forward as well. And we've seen each of them, you know, seen each of them give up quite a few goals somewhat. So... And then, obviously, after that, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. I've actually got to watch a decent amount of Edmonton this year because, for some reason, they're on Sportsnet a lot. Um, from what I've seen, obviously, it's it's not rocket science. Uh, Miko Koskinen has actually been decent this year, I want to say. Um, this team can surprise you and come from behind. I was notably watching the... 
the game against, I think it was Arizona. They were down by two, but that top line they have there of Cassian and then Drysidle McDavid. I don't know if it's still, still, still like that up until last game, but last time I checked it was. I mean, just McDavid will give himself a breakaway from anywhere. There will be two defensemen in, in front of him. He'll be on the red line. They'll be on the blue line. He'll give he'll give himself a breakaway. At least like twice a game, it seems. He won't score on all of them, but he'll give himself some fantastic ability. Uh, I mean, to the outside, it doesn't matter if McDavid has the puck. You need you just need to break his ankles, it seems, to stop him because I, I don't think there's been... There's no playbook on how to do so, so far, so... That's going to be quite interesting trying to stop him. Um, they do have the number one ranked power play as well. And why is that? They zip the puck around so well. I mean, they don't have the best quarterback to the power play, I'd say. But just the way that they play the flanks there. Um, between McDavid and Dreisaitl. I mean, Dreisaitl has a fantastic one-timer. And he's able to move the puck really well. Dreisaitl, I mean, it may not be the fastest straight line skater but just the way he uses his body to protect the puck and his edge work I mean he'll like put his shoulder out just make take one edge and then bingo bango he's around you or he's created enough space for himself to pass the puck and it's in the back of the net the next thing you know I mean they just it, it's so entertaining to watch and it's just pop pop in the back of the net so that'll be an interesting one to see how were able to deal with that top line because after that they they are scrappy down the line and I know it sounds cliche but like they they do grit out some goals and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins is obviously a great player as well so and then yeah they're able to so their goaltending isn't as bad as it has been in previous years and that top line is stupid good so It'll be interesting. A couple games that could end up just in in shootout kind of shootouts is in like just who can whoever scores last wins <laughs> because that's how that's how I see some of these games going. Um, the Oilers I do know are not quite like that. I mean, but I, I just I just have a strong feeling that both games could go that way because of the all the offensive scoring power on both ends. So. And then we obviously we got the the Sabers coming back in town. Lastly, I mean we've seen enough of them, kind of thing, uh, twice last week, uh, to know what they're about. But that pretty much covers everything for the least. Let's get into some World Juniors talk. Um, as everything is least related, the Leafs players that have been invited to camps are Miko Kokkinen. Uh, to Finland, Rasmus Sandin is most likely going to Sweden's, and then Nick Robertson's on USA. So those are the players to watch out from uh, Leafs, uh, Leafs land there. Uh, issues that I had with the team last year, I'm going to start with this. Um, I mean, you could blame Comtois on being a poor captain, diving, missing the penalty shot, picking a lousy goal song, whatever. In a very close game, they didn't get the bounces. Against Finland in overtime, the goal that they scored was just a weird bounce, bounce, bounce off the net, off a shin pad, and it ended up in the back of the net. Just really garbage. No skill to it. Just very, very lucky. Uh, and then in overtime, I think it was Noah Dobson on the broken stick. And then it goes back the other way, and Finland scores. 
I mean, come on. It, it seemed like the hockey gods just canceled Canada and said, no, you're not moving forward kind of thing. So they did get unlucky. However, why did luck have to play a role in them moving on or not? Well, let's look at it. Their special teams, notably the power play, was terrible. It was stagnant. There was no movement. I felt like when Evan Bouchard was quarterbacking it, he didn't move. He would just stand there. And he had a big shot. But if you're just taking that shot, you're not moving anywhere. It's just the goalie's going to swallow it up. No rebound. You can take 20 shots from the outside. You're not beating some of these goalies, especially Ural Vakanainen, who was the goaltender of the tournament last year, I believe. So just very poor power play. And I feel like they were inefficient from with the puck. It was a lot of perimeter shots. Nobody really got to the middle. So that... Their coach I really wasn't happy with. I mean, calling out Alexi Lafreniere um, after I thought he was playing decent in that game. I actually rewatched it to see like why did he bench him, and then call him out. The seventeen-year-old that's playing fourth line, calling him out after he, he played decent. He benched him actually after he um, he had a good scoring chance. It kind of rolled off his stick though, and then he benched him. And then he also benched Joe Valeno too. So it was. A lot of questions. He didn't. His refusal to make changes also really costed Tim Hunter Team Canada's uh, chances there. I felt so. That's last year though. This year, I'm optimistic about this team. There's a lot of talent here. Um, just looking at the locks that they have. I mean, coming back to the team, Lafreniere, who's been just stupid good this year. Uh, Valeno, who, I mean, not playing on a very good Grand Rapids team, but he's going to come back. He's going to look very good. I have utmost confidence in that. Uh, I think he went eighth overall to Buffalo, but Buffalo's top ten pick, Dylan Cousins, awesome player there too. Uh, and then and then Quinton Byfield, I'm very confident he's going to make this team. Why? He's been fantastic in the showcase. Every chance that he's gotten on the ice, he's been very, very good. He's shown a lot of just elite qualities. I mean, he's six foot four, sure. He's huge, very mature physically, but he skates like the wind and he can pass his vision. His vision with the puck is terrific. So he, it's not like he's bullying kids with his size and that's why he's been getting all these points. He's been, his hockey sense, his, uh, his skills, his hands are terrific. And every chance that he's gotten, he's shown why he deserves to be on this team. And I think that he will make this team 100%. Um, another returning, Ty Smith, fantastic uh, power play offensive dynamo on the back end there. Uh, and then Bowen Byer, my the utmost confidence he's going to make this team as well. Fantastic skater too. Very gifted offensively. And then Jared McIsaac, Jared McIsaac who has finally come back from injury. I think it was a shoulder injury. Um He's a returning player. He's going to play hopefully a big part in this team. I'm not 100% sure. But the three players that I have locks on defense are all left-handed. I'm not sure how they're going to maneuver this, uh, who, they're going to, who they're going to take kind of on the other side. I'm not totally decided yet, but that is come, that will be come to see. Um, other players that I didn't mention kind of that have a good chance of making it, Akil Thomas I've really, really liked in both the Ontario – uh, the OHL versus Russia games. I really, really liked him with Byfield. I think they have some good chemistry there. Um, and even today, he had a, 
I, I posted it on uh, Twitter and Instagram where his pass to, to Dylan Hollowell was fantastic. Just the way he controlled the puck and just opened the lane and fed him tape to tape. Bing, bang, boozy in the back of the net. So Akil Thomas, I think, should make this team. I have the utmost confidence in him. Tied to Landry as well. Uh, just very good two-way player. Uh, maybe not the most, the highest, I mean, maybe not the highest offensive upside, but just a very solid player to have on your team. Peyton Krebs coming back from injury, but showing a little bit of rust, but I think he's going to ramp up real quick and, uh, be a real big part of this team. Alex Newhook, maybe in the lower, maybe plays a depth role. And then Nolan Foote had a good game today. Nice little shootout goal. Nice goal in the game against U Sports All-Stars. I think he's also going to find his way onto this roster too. Um, I don't have everyone. I don't have the uh, final roster yet. I still want to see some more. But uh, those were the guys that I have, I'm very confident will play. Um, getting into this game, Against U Sports, I, I probably already mentioned most of the guys too, but um, no Lafreniere in this one, no Valeno, no Ty Smith, no Aiden Dudas, and I'm probably missing someone else as well. And Canada looked good. Now, again, we're reminded once a year that U Sports hockey is good. We're seeing more and more good CHL players go from the CHL and then into U Sports. I mean, I think it was, I forget his name, Philp or whatever, is actually playing decently. He went from U Sports to the AHL last year. And every year we're reminded, like when Canada doesn't wipe the floor with them, that U Sports has some talent. I mean, they're older too, which makes it more difficult for Canada. But this is a pretty darn close game. Um, and I mean, But Canada, I thought, looked good. Um, goaltending is a little tough, I feel, always to evaluate in these ones. Uh, we get a better picture of it in the exhibition games. But uh, I thought Nico Dawes, who's a great story, actually, um, made some big ones, big saves in this one. Uh, he's developed like crazy over the past year. I think last year his save percentage was close to closer to the 850s than the 900s. Um, but he's developed like crazy. He wasn't even an original invite to the Canada-Russia series. He got invited because Jacob Ingham got injured. But he's been so good this year that he's just scratched and clawed his way onto this Canada roster. And I'm, I'm rooting for him to make the team. But as I said, tough to evaluate goalies in this game because of, I don't know, the dynamic of the game. It always seems every year you just get a, a, a tough read on them. But uh, guys that I thought played well, obviously Quentin Byfield. Jamie Drysdale, I thought was very responsible on both ends of the ice. And that's a guy that can really move, really motor out there, really, really good at playing the power play, generating offense. So he's making, he's he's draft eligible. He's 2002 born, but he's really making himself a case to, to make this team. And then obviously Bowen Byram, Akil Thomas were both pretty darn good. Um, I can't, and then Dylan Cousins was another name out there that people thought, uh, Played pretty well. I always find this game tough to evaluate because they wear dark red jerseys. They were dark red jerseys with black numbers, and then you can barely see the name plates. So at times it's a little difficult to evaluate, but that's my opinions on it there. Um, guys that Canada could get from still to be unreleased from NHL rosters. 
Barrett Hayton only played 14 games this year. He'd be a huge addition back. And then Noah Dobson only played seven games this year in the NHL. I mean, if they get those two back, this this roster gets a little scary. Um, but speaking of scary rosters, the USA they've got they've got some weapons there. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't think that there's any runaway favorite in this tournament again. So Canada will be in tough. Uh, as they have been in previous years, uh, I mean, especially last year. Last year was wild, but I think that's about all for today. Um, big two and Leafs, uh, big two and Leafs week. Canada World Juniors finally back, and we'll see you guys next week.